2: Folks, welcome back to another episode of Second Print Comics. This week, we are bringing you, friend of the show, fan favorite, comic comic book creator and artist, Matt Battaglia. Matt, it has been far too long. How goes life? Uh,
3: good. Um, I just, we, we moved recently. I have a new baby. I have a new book. Uh, it's, uh... Things are going pretty well. Um, I'm, it's a lot I'm of new. So happy to be back. Yeah, a lot of newness. I'm happy to be back. Uh, happy to talk to you. Um, it's yeah. It's it's. I can't complain really. Well,
2: that's that's always a good position to be in. Matt, mm-hmm. you've got a brand new book that's currently available for pre-order on Amazon, House on Fire. Folks, I will go ahead and leave a link in the show notes so you can go ahead and pre-order your copy like I did as soon as the show is over. Or during it, if you're a multitasker like some of you claim to be. I'm still waiting for a lot of those five-star reviews, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, you know, Matt, I've, I've been a collector of your books going back to indoctrination in mm-hmm. 2015, 2016. And I got to say, I thought I had an an idea for what House on Fire was going to be, because a lot of your work in the past has usually been in like this crime, um, you know, realist structure and, you know, with the art style, like you've established a Bataglia style that when people Mm -hmm. see it, they know it if they know your work. Um, This was different. And I say that in, in all the best ways for house on fire. And and we'll get into uh, a few of the questions in a moment, but let me just say Mm -hmm. this house on fire. As I was, as I was reading through it, it's about hundred pages folks. Um, you know, you, and this is the first book that you actually wrote yourself and you did the artwork for, so that also kind of stood out, but like Mm -hmm. you do comics now, the way that James Mangold does movies. Oh, I appreciate and, that. And I say that, and I say that in the best way because it, it took me back for a moment. I'm like, this is not the regular stuff Matt usually does, but it was just really freaking good. So let's just start here. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about the story. What was you know what what was kind of like the origin story before it? Did you always have Mm -hmm. you know this this structure in mind? Did you always know where you wanted to go with it? Was it something that recently came about?
3: Let's go ahead and start from there. Um, Well, so uh, one, I appreciate all the compliments. Uh, It means a lot to me. Um, The book started in May 2020, um, and I actually ended up doing like three different drafts of it, um, and really making the book was me, my way of sort of processing the past sort of two or three years. Um, And I think that, you know, my hope is that people can feel a lot of what I think everyone's kind of went through in it. Um, But the, 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 the core question of it is what, what do you do to help someone that you love? And how do you, you know, what lengths are you willing to go to? And what happens when you're pushed to your limits, and uh, you know, where do you you know how do you survive? Um, so it it's definitely like a realistic realist piece, um, and uh, so I, I, the, the I guess the first draft of it was very city set. And then I kind of changed things. I went on a road trip with my dad in July, 2020. Um, We drove from Philly down to San Antonio. And it just, you know, as you drive through the country, you kind of see this stark difference between cities and rural. And you kind of think of that whole divide. And that was a, that kind of clarified the story for me Um, beyond what I was originally drafting. And so it took a couple different iterations and I stripped parts out of it and and simplified and simplified until I got down to what house on fire is. Um, And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it, it took a, took a little while to do it. Um, I actually honestly wrote all the dialogue last. That was the last thing I did. I, I drew it and I knew what I wanted everyone to say, but I, I didn't put that, you know, I don't. I don't script things, if that makes sense. When I do a comic, I, I kind of write notes and then I lay out all the pages and I ink all the pages. And, and I feel like the ink is where it, the story comes to really comes to life.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, I think where, where I found your book refreshing and very few people out there are like this in in mainstream comics. I mean, the only other person I could say, Understands that even as a writer, that comic books are a visual medium first is um you know Chip Sudarsky, who's probably been my favorite uh writer since he really jumped out of Image in um in like 2019 2020. Sudarsky's the one that it's like you know he's a great writer, he's great dialogue, but he 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 reels himself back
3: and allows the artist to do their job. Well, because he's um, also an artist, and I mean he's a, yeah he's he's a great cartoonist. So I I miss uh I would. Uh, I miss him writing and drawing his own or I miss him drawing more of his own things. I think he's one of the only one of the few cartoonists who could actually do comedy well. It's such a hard thing to do, but like like um Sex for Criminals with Fraction, like the first few oh, volumes of that so were funny. hysterical. And uh Public
2: Domain, yeah. which is one of his books I have to over, read that. oh my gosh. Like I I'm I'm behind on that. The first volume's already up, but Public Domain mm-hmm. is the funniest comic I have read in years. And he's not doing the art for that, but he, he has a lot I more thought say than that.
3: I think I, I thought he was drawing drawing that.
2: I, I I got confused if um with Batman. That's Jorge Man is that Batman, uh, which is the the first Batman title I think I've picked up religiously in forever. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I mean public domain, which yes, which he uh which he writes and draws is just like the funniest book I've read in so long. But you know what what I was gonna say was like usually I'm a critic of when artists or writers, you know, do all the work. Usually, mm-hmm. I think that you know, your best artist or your best writer, while they can do both, there's usually something missing. Like you know, they're they're so caught up in trying to make everything good that usually it kind of lapses down. I am, um, you know, your your book succeeds at that because being artist minded first. I mean, there, there's extremely little dialogue. Yeah, you just kind of let the page work work through everything, and what I found to be. You know, different from some of your other stuff. I think it was your book Crimson that mm-hmm. um, that first kind of utilized this. It's like you know, you're only working in like three colors, like black, yeah. white, and that like blood, creepy orangey, you know, blood red, orange that you're working uh-huh. with.
3: So that kind of took me back as well. Yeah, I mean, so I, as far as the sort of writing artist thing, like I I start with the, you know, I I, I lay the whole comic out before like I never, I don't, um, I try to make sure it reads without any words and, and, and that's the most important thing to me. Cause like you said, like comics are such a, it's a visual, it's, it's a visual first medium. It drives me nuts when you, when I read a book and it's like, you know, a six panel grid and it's the same face for six panels. It's so boring. (laughs) And, uh, and so, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, and I've, I've been sort of, um, I've been reading a lot more like manga recently and, you know, Paul Pope, I there's a Paul Pope poster behind me, but um, is a huge influence of mine. And so he he's something that he does really well is sort of takes a lot of pacing cues from both European comics and manga and sort of synthesizes the two. Um, and that's why like I, with house on fire, like I didn't, you know, I went for a lot of lower panel counts and just pages of just like, this is mood imagery. Like, I want you to sort of feel a vibe of, you know, of it, like one of my intentions with it. Like I don't name any of the characters because I want the reader to be able to insert some of themselves into the story. Like I don't, comics is such like a, it's again, like to to me, it's like a, um, it's such a collaborative medium between like the book and the reader because there's so much like that the reader puts in between each panel, you know, and, and it's also the most pure expression for an artist because you're doing, I think that there's something expressed with like just your line that you, you can't, you can't really put out in any other way. Um, so I, I hope when people read it that they can, um, that they can feel something. I mean, I, I, I want it to be an emotional book. Um, you know, I, I think too, too frequently, um, culture, like we're making things that are just sort of content for content's sake and there's no, there's no meaning. And I, I, um, I really want to recapture meaning. And that sounds pretentious, I'm sure. But
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was curious going into it whether or not this was going to be a standalone book, or if you were doing this to set up for something else. And while there is a, there's very little, and I, I won't spoil the ending. Like there's very yeah. little to be assumed by the end of the book. But yeah. I mean, you, you have created a world in a sense. Like I had a lot of questions, and you know, like you said. There, you're 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 putting things in the story that I was applying meaning to, mm-hmm. and um, you know, for for the sake of our listeners who will go ahead and pick up a copy, I don't want to say anything that will taint too much. But here's here's the general story. This is this is actually pretty basic. It's yeah. it's a husband and a wife who live out in the country, and the wife is incredibly sick. And basically, what the husband has done in this, you know, I'll call it for lack of better terms, is post pandemic or this post apocalyptic world that you've set uh-huh. up is he has to go into a quarantine city to basically do an exchange between him and this black market dealer and during the exchange um shit goes down he gets robbed uh shit gets worse and basically it towards towards the third act of the book um that's where you're dealing with a more internal personal crisis that will lay into how the story ends and you know mm-hmm. while that might sound basic folks there's a lot that's going on in the panel work that you have to see because it's just um you know while that is the story there's a lot that's happening that you're seeing throughout that's creating this world that's creating this character of you know as i called him the husband
0: mm-hmm. and
2: um you know first off there's there's so many, you know, it's it's ironic this coming around around the same time as The Last of Us, which is I, huh. I buy, you know, like I buy video games for the stories these days. I'm not even really good at them. I don't really play them. So yeah, I'm happy to them. <laughs> yeah, like I'm happy to see especially Pedro Pascal. Um, You know, I'm happy to see him as Joel in The Last of Us. But it's like, you know, while a lot of it seems familiar, it takes certain elements of things that we have had to deal with post 2020 and uh, you apply it in the book, but even though it's like, yeah, I, I see that, I remember that moment for some things, it, it just comes up harsher.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, you know, not not to get too melodramatic, but, you know, Second Print Comics started in the pandemic as a result to a lack of content, as a result to a reaction in which, you know, while the elites and the studios and everyone else are not going to deliver content while you're just going to go ahead and just get drowned of fear porn and everything else. We mm-hmm. will go ahead and be the place where you could bullshit with your friends and talk about comic books. So, you know, reading this in a way, it, it kind of brought me back to that period. And the other thing is, and, and, you know, I totally agree with you, whoever is reading this is going to come at it and take away very different things depending on who they are as individuals. I, yeah. I can firmly say that if I read this story a year ago, I would have extremely different thoughts than I am having read it now, having already been married for almost a year. Yeah, And that is what actually kind of hit me because I was thinking about it from like, you know, well, people who are not married understand this, or maybe people who have had to take care of, you know, loved ones, you know, what, what is Mm -hmm. the separation between um, the lengths you will go? Uh, for the people you love. And while that might sound like, you know, a pejorative statement, like, of course I'll do anything for the ones I love as, as your character learns that takes <laughs> on a very real fucking price towards the yeah. end. And yeah.
3: um, you know, that, that was heartbreaking to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, I, so I, I'm, I'm so glad that you sort of are you're, you're able to more concisely <laughs> explain it than I can. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's funny because you're right like the plot is simple but it's one of those things with comics where it's like plot is is only one sort of small piece of it and and I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm so glad that you sort of were you were able to pull out all sorts of things for yourself and you know making making the book was the only way that I think I could um process the pandemic. I, I I can't make any bones about it. Like it's very much a pandemic book. I mean, it is, it's what I did over my COVID and artistically to figure out, to just figure out the world and like, what are my fears? What am I worried about? What, what keeps me awake at night? And, um, it, it shocks me that we haven't seen more art based on this or more art coming out of it. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, especially in comics, because it's such an immediate medium in some in some ways, you know, I remember when 9-11 happened and the amount of comics responding to and sort of trying to process 9-11 was insane Um you know, I, I mean, think with that, that was,
2: alone, you had you had two types of reactions. You had like right. the Dark Knight Strikes Again, where yep. Miller is creating a 9-11 for himself. And then you have like a, a John Ramita Jr. Joe Casada Spider-Man uh-huh. where you know he is reacting to a 9-11. Both yeah. the same topic, two very different approaches to it, but they all came out within – I mean that, that Spider-Man uh, 9-11 special came out within the year and then The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Miller went ahead and rewrote parts of the book yep. it, it,
3: specifically to insert that. and And that – I mean that – strikes again people people i think had mixed have mixed reactions to it I, i'm not a fan of it overall
2: oh, but it's not because he does his own 9-11 with the batmobile
3: I, I feel like it i feel like it's aged um it's aged really well but in a bad way in the sense that so many of the, the <laughs> topics have gotten worse like so many of the things that he's taken out takes on in that book topically like it's like oh all the surveillance stuff he's it's he's correct <laughs> um But I I just I haven't seen that. I haven't seen any sort of like reckoning with with. With the pandemic, and to me, as someone who creates stuff, it's that I needed to do something because otherwise, like what else? Like it just goes stew in my head and that that's not healthy. Um, I mean, a lot of there were. You know, I live in Philly at the time and we we moved out to the Burbs now, but um, the, uh, the, I mean, Philly was rough. Uh, You know, the, the, the car, you know, the neighborhood we live in, you know, people are still getting carjacked regularly. You know, you get home too late and uh, you're trying to park and you might, you might get carjacked for your troubles. So oh, Brian Nichols um, from the Brian Nichols show lived in South
2: Philly at the time. Yeah. And it got so bad for him during the pandemic that him and his wife picked
3: up and moved to Indiana. Yeah. So, I mean like, so, so, you know, I, I would never do a straight auto bio comic cause I don't think my life is that interesting, but there is certainly, and I also think that that stuff is, unless if you're, um, Unless if you're a humorist, I don't think it really works that well. Um, But, uh, you know, there's so much in the book that is very much born out of, like, reality. I just tried to dial it up a little bit to make it at least feel dystopian, Uh, not, you know, um, not documentary.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the reaction we've had in terms of the stuff that can be classified as, like, pandemic or lockdown-inspired, you know, comics, it, it's all been, it, it's, it's only been propaganda right. and I say that in the most explicit sense. And, you know, if Mark, if Mark were here tonight, he would immediately bring up his feud with uh, Eric Larson that rejected, that results in Eric Larson blocking Mark, because, <laughs> you know, you have, you have Mark who's, like the only Savage Dragon fan I ever, I've ever known.
3: The only time I drew a Savage Dragon was for him.
2: Yeah, literally like you will (laughs) never get that request again. But Uh uh, I mean, in, in Savage Dragon, he had it so that dragon and his children, Are getting the vaccine and there's a part in one of the issues where you know one of the kids is like dad why do we get it we heal and dragon is like it's to send a message and it's like that is worse than like the the don't smoke cigarettes ads in the free comics that like dare would give out where spider-man is like listen hobgoblin i've got a story to tell you about bravery and it results in a kid arguing with his dad to try and shame him and stop smoking and it's like shut shut the hell up and i mean that's that's been it all i mean I don't know how many get your vax, you know, report your neighbor propo comics that Marvel has come out with. I, I and, have no idea. And I mean, DC had the entire Justice League take place in a Black Lives Matter protest and everything. <laughs> it's like there's, you know, it, my thing has always been and I try and be fair to listeners because I don't want to preach to my listeners. But the thing has always been it's like if a comic is good if the story is good and authentic to itself it is good and i will never say anything about it yep. but when it's done specifically you know to lecture people in a way that is just condescending and kind of dare i say fucked up that's <laughs> where you lose me and what you know i think the the one part of the the book that you did that took me off guard and it's his last line i'm pretty sure it's yeah. his last line so you have you have um you know i called him the the guard he's the guy all kitted up like something out of mm-hmm. fallout um as you know as the husband is driving into the city and they're like they're they're bitching about like well you don't have this pass to get in and this pass yeah. only gets you here and you know you need to wear your mask and i need to take your temperature like uh-huh. a lot is happening at once and then at you know towards the end of their first conversation he basically bribes him with a whole wad of cash mm-hmm. and the guard lets him in now this guy is You know, apart from the the muggers who come in to try and mug the husband later on, resulting in you know the big changing point in the story. um, I'm thinking this guy is gonna fuck him over. He's Mm -hmm. the he's the primary antagonist. No, because there's a line at the end where the guy is like, you know, you're you're late. You should have gotten here sooner, but whatever. You you paid my you paid my energy bill for a week. As Uh soon as he said that, I'm like you're not a big villain. You're just a fucking puppet. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like underneath that is a dude who, despite enforcing all this bullshit still yeah. has to pay his bills. And as soon yeah. as I read that, I'm like, Holy shit. I well, didn't really see that. I didn't like now my whole perception of him is entirely different.
3: Yeah. Well, cause you got to think about motivations, right? I mean, that's the whole thing is, is, is what are people motivated by? And, your low level uh enforcer bureaucrat whatever i i don't think they're they're not they're motivated because they they're doing a job and they're going to follow the order rules because they don't they there's no critical thinking i mean you think about basically any sort of customer service thing that you deal with you you always have to escalate and escalate or whatever like the low person on the totem pole doesn't actually give a shit they're just following their checklist and so yeah that was the To me, it was never that was a that was always kind of the intent is like, yeah, these people exist to be bribed. I mean, especially in this kind of dystopian world where, you know, bribery works, at at least I think with most with a lot of people, it does. And so, yeah, that was and that was a throwaway line. You know, that wasn't even my you know, I, I was thinking like, shit. how can I make it clear and or how can I? You know how, how do I acknowledge the, that this guy? You know all this stuff, and it's like okay, no. That that's then, the one that, yeah.
2: that that right there is what stuck out to me more than any other dialogue <laughs> in the entire book. When he's like, "You're late. You're really pushing it." But whatever, yeah. you paid my energy bill, um, and that and that's not spoiling anything for anybody. That's just my like. That is my favorite line of dialogue because right there, my whole perception changed.
3: Yeah, I mean personally, I don't know that you can spoil like the story. I, I think if you read it. Um, you know, I think that the story is pretty, I think that there are like, like you said, like that moment, I think I subvert things. And then the other moment that we're going to avoid talking about, I think that there is a subversion there. Um, okay. Well, you know, let's, let's just go ahead and let, I, I want to we'll, talk about this. Yeah. I'm going to give okay. people a warning. If you want to
2: read it raw for the first time, go ahead and pre-order it, then come back and yep. listen to this. Cause now I'm about to really bring up the part where I was just spoil the what, plot. What the what the fuck happened. Okay. <laughs> so, Okay. Everyone, everyone who doesn't want to hear this is gone. Mm -hmm. Does he fucking set, does he kill his wife? No, this is where I was confused. (laughs) Like when he's like, you know, so, so basically as he's in the city, after he bribes Uh the guard, um, he goes and (laughs) he he exchanges a cooler full of steaks for what I can only assume is like, you know, is an oxygen tank or something. Uh, for his wife. And as he's delivering that back to his car, he gets mugged by two teens. He has a gun on him. He refuses to kill Mm -hmm. one guy. He shoots the ground and he says, run. But then his partner's just like, nah, this ain't happening. So he attacks Mm -hmm. him and he shoots the kid. And then Mm -hmm. he dumps his body in a garbage uh, barge. And then as he drives back, he has that interaction because the guy gave him like three hours to take care of this. And then Mm -hmm. as he goes home uh you know he hooks his wife who's on a respirator or you know oxygen mask to this thing and she seems to be good but then as they're lying in bed towards the last couple pages and he goes outside it's like and maybe I'm reading too much into this but mm-hmm. when they're in bed he has some shading he has some of that you know orange mm-hmm. shading to him i took that as he's alive and his wife has none of it i took that as she's oh. Is, oh. am I, is am I am I reading? This is a completely too- new
3: reading. I've never okay. heard this one. Yeah. Am I it's, am I wrong about that? You can be right about it if that's what you think. I, no, I, that's not what I about. <laughs> <laughs> is she alive in that panel? Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I. In my so mine uh, so that last page right is for me. It's a metaphor. I found that a lot of people who are super comic. Comic book people keep taking it literally. Um, but, you know, to me, um, the the ending of the book is that everything's this is just feels like we're stuck on a cycle. And I and 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 the way that I formed the story in the book is I was thinking like, what's like, you know, 10 more times around the stupid, you know, the 2020 20 clock. Like, where do we end up? Let's do this a few more times. Like, where are we going to end up? And that was my, that's where I came up with the, that's where I kind of thought of the idea. Like it's just, things are just going to get a little bit worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And so at the end, you know, he goes outside and now he's the one coughing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it just got a little bit worse again.
2: So maybe it's because, yeah. So maybe it's because I read it in a, you know, in like a PDF form. Yeah. So is that, what was the last page, the house on fire? Or was that, okay, who, why?
3: He's already been through so much. Uh, so actually, Why? so it's funny. So, um, <laughs> so originally, originally the book so ended. So she was on,
4: dead in bed.
3: No, <laughs> <laughs> originally the book ended on that splash yeah. page of his of his face, and you know, okay. looking down after he says the our, our Father, and he ends at the he can't he can't get past forgive us, you know. Yeah. And um, and I was talking to my dad about it, and and my dad was like, you know. Everything you have in the book, it's sort of like a cycle, like, shouldn't he just get sick at the end? And it's sort of like, (laughs) I was like, you know, that's actually a good idea, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So I added, I added him, you know, he's getting up, he's going to go back in the house and he, uh, and then he coughs and, and sort of the final page is that, you know, the house is not in, again, like this can be a Sopranos thing too. Like I kind of just kind of cuts to black. It's, you know.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. You know,
3: I wasn't going to cut it to black. I wanted to show you the house on fire. Um, and uh, and so, but, you know, I, I that's my intent is sort of it's a metaphor. Is that, okay. you know, it just things got a little, get a I little took bit that worse. very literally. I thought, <laughs> so, I,
2: I'm looking at that. I'm like, oh my God, he killed his wife. He's <laughs> sick. He's suicidal because he killed that guy. He's just going to be like, fuck it. No one gets the house. I hate everybody. I was
3: very like, damn, that escalated fast. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that um, that's. Yeah, no, it was. It, my intent is a metaphor. I know that's. I think that I've gotten some advanced Goodreads reviews that that what uh, one guy did not did not care for that at all.
2: I I've um, been reading. Because I hate myself. Tom Taylor's Superman, Son of Kal where everything is uh-huh. just blatantly told to you, and there is no room. So maybe yeah. it's because I'm held back from that. Where when I saw that, I'm like, damn, that just, <laughs> that, that was like the end of um the end of the mists.
3: The the Steve. Oh King yeah, where he was, shoots everybody. Yeah, Oof. and
2: I'm just and then the, and then the national guard pulls up. Yeah, flamethrowers He's like, that's, no! rough. Like, yeah, that that's was, where I was like, I was in that was that a gut wrenching ending.
3: No, yeah. um. I've also gotten people who thought who were like to the, uh, to the guy who sold him the drugs, actually just sell him a bomb. And I was like, I don't know. Sure. If you want to think that, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, to, 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 again, to me, it's a metaphor, but if you would like to take it any other way, that's perfectly fine. It, You, you know, for, for the other thing that I was always, I, I kept thinking about is it's like, it's like, um, you know, he's given her the shot, and he's hoping it works. And it's like, who knows?
2: You she know? dies
3: suddenly. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, I, I'm sure it's going to frustrate some people. Um, but, you know, that's that's okay with me. I, you know, I want people to read it, and like, you can. Know, come to your own conclusions about what you want to think of it. You know what? What do you want to take away from it? You know, I I I think that the guy has a conscience, like the hu- husband has a conscience, and it's why you know he didn't want to kill any kill the even want didn't want to kill the guys that he mugged them because uh, you know, do you really want that? Do you really need that? You, you know, uh, that running in your head too. You know, it's not it's not a you know he he trying not trying to get out um without with as little trouble as possible and you can't there's sometimes there's a point where you can't avoid it um yeah it was and this was this was
2: a personal thing for me and this is what i actually found to be very ironic when I, i opened the file that had the pages in it um there's that um I think I think he pulled that quote from Ephesians, which mm-hmm. is and and I th- I'm not butcher it, but it's like we deal not in the you know in in the flesh, but we deal with principalities of power. Um, mm-hmm. I think he pulled another translation of it. That was um, without getting into too much detail. That was something that I recited to myself quite a bit over the last four months, where oh, I was really? dealing with uh you know as listeners will know a lot of stuff was going on with me personally. And as I was kind of reciting that to myself, you know, we, we deal not in the flesh and blood, but in principalities of power. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, you try and you try and respond to things. And I think this is really kind of the moment where I, I felt like, oh yeah, like this is something like I, as a husband really connect to, you will do anything for your wife. You will Mm -hmm. do anything for that person, but will the things that you do, come at a cost despite your intentions and going into the book that's where i was kind of looking at it and just like you know this 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 hits a bit deeper for me now than i think this would have hit if i was still a bachelor or something yeah and i think that's actually i you know i think that's actually something that's going to give this book a lot of longevity and people will pick this up to just look at it, you know, over the years once they get a copy, because I think over time it will highlight different things about the reader's interpretation more so than just if you had just been very explicit about a lot of the details. Yeah. And I think it will age as the reader
3: ages, much like any good book does. That's what I hope. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I, I with this one and, uh, you know i i've been thinking about like why make a comic you know what's the what's the point it's not like you know it's a tough market etc they take a while to do especially if you're doing it all yourself you know it's mm. it's, it's tough um and and it's like well i want to say something and i think that this is an important thing to say and this is something that hopefully you know people people can respond to like i think about this sort of the the, the best comics and books that I've read and it's like yeah they do they do grow with you in in in, in a way depending on when you encounter them and then when you re-encounter them you, you think about your favorite albums it's the same way with music where it's like you know it means some one thing to you when you're a certain age and then it means a whole other thing ten years later so yeah i mean i i definitely i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have i i don't I wouldn't have made this book if I wasn't, you know, didn't wasn't married and didn't have like things that I you know, responsibilities, I guess. Like it just, you know, like I, I like, you know, I would like to make a like a straight, straight ahead action book at some point again, but I just don't I don't have anything there. Like you know, I don't want you know, I can't fake it anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to all the other characters you've you've done
2: have always been like, uh, there, there was the one book he did, Leap M. Like, they're mm-hmm. all they're all action. Like, you know, you've yeah. got, you had kind of a trope going for a while. Not that that's yeah. a bad thing, but that's just kind of how it was. You know, just reading and seeing the story of the husband, he's not a badass. No. He hasn't, like, I, I don't think he was like ex-Special Forces or something. No. And, you know, all your other characters would have shot both the guys, spat yes. on them, <laughs> yeah. driven out. Killed, Killed the guard, got your money back, and then driven <laughs> yes. off an explosion. Yeah. None yep. of that happens here no. and you feel the fear because especially when he's looking down and then he's like, fuck, like I got to go dispose of this body. Right. Like This is dreadful. Like this is just an average guy trying to do something that is simple and everything just goes off the hinges it's like uh you know my my favorite character in television in in recent years is uh is marty bird from uh from ozark and -hmm. you know i I, i'm kind of reading him as like a jason bateman character like this guy has this guy is not a threat to anybody yeah. But you 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 push a good person enough ways and, you know, what happens, happens, man. Like you wanted to rob him. Well, guess what? Now you're dead. Like, right. You know, and, and this is him. This is a good, you know, moral person trying to contemplate that because even though what he did in my mind is justified, I know some people might be like, well, he could have shot him in the knee or something. It's no, like, no, happens. you're not doing that. <laughs> that. That fight happens fast. And yes. he just does what anybody would have done, and then he's just like, "Shit, what do I do now?"
3: Yep. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I think that all that, uh, I, so, so, so the personal like sort of link here is that, uh, uh, you know, uh, when we were still living in Fishtown, uh, I got jumped getting out of my car, and so, you know, and basically all that happens is you get I got sucker punched from behind. And then uh, they ran away because my car was locked, and I was thinking, you know, like in the action movie, you get, the guy turns around and he gets to shoot him and whatever, and you get into a big fight. In reality, it's you don't know it's coming, <laughs> and uh, and you know shit happens, and you're like, well, that oh, shit, fuck, <laughs> and and uh, and I fixated on like, man, I'd love to go kill those guys, and I'm like thinking that doesn't fix anything or like that doesn't change anything you know it sort of and then do I need that like and then you're thinking like shit then there's going to be a whole family of people that probably are going to be out for me for a while like you know like like you, you know your 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 brain fantasizes about all this justice and revenge and stuff and then you're like i don't know you try to kind of like so doing the book and 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 make like the you know <laughs> That was sort of my way of kind of processing that 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 bit, Uh, because yeah, you think about it, and it's like, well, you know, and then you'd think like, I was thinking too, like, uh, what about what if you get caught? Because then you're screwed. Oh, in my
2: my last (laughs) book, I I, in my in my last book has succeed in politics and other forms of devil worship. Um, I based one of the antagonists off a off an old boss I had, and mm-hmm. while me and him have actually like gone our separate ways, and we run into each other, and you know now we're cordial. Now I, I mm-hmm. remembered at the time of writing how much pain and anger he caused me, and you know I, in in the book uh, I have him get hit by a semi truck. Yeah, and it was really cathartic <laughs> in that moment. Uh-huh. And then I was like, if this man had actually been you know hit by a semi truck in the situation, how would that make me feel? And then it's just kind of like, you know, maybe it's better to just forgive him and move on. Yeah. yeah. I also have him get sucker punched in the book. I do a lot of mean shit to him in the Uh book. And by the end, he actually becomes a somewhat sympathetic character because the the protagonist gets more jaded. But, you know, I I, I totally get I totally get where you're coming from with that. And I mean, that's the that's the thing about it. Like nobody wins. No, nobody wins. And Uh that's the you know, that's. That's just how it is. Some sometimes, and you know, in, in dealing with that quote from Ephesians, it's like you know, you could deal with the here and now, but then what do you carry with you afterwards? That's what's ultimately gonna you know make things
3: better or worse for you. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I I I, I was you know I, I've uh, I'm a you know Catholic, so I suffer from immense amounts of guilt. Um, so so. I tried to let put that into the book a bit too, just cause it's, you know, um, you know, you, it, it's just something that you think about. I, I just, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, for me with this and with making comics, it was just, you may as well make something that's personal and that matters and means, you know, is important to you. And so, um, yeah, I, it's a, it, 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 the other thing that I worried about, so I read this straight my publisher published the book, the strange death of Alex Raymond. Right. And, um, and the book posits it's, uh, Dave Sim and, and Carson Grubot. And so it's Sim kind of investigating the death of our cartoonist, Alex Raymond. And, and he posits a lot of the sort of comics, meta like metaphysical sort of manifestations right where where these guys were drawing comic strips and you know he makes it ties these comic strips to events in their lives and how like oh they they kind of manifested this thing and and so like i was reading that while also making the book and i was bugging out about what i was going to manifest on myself by making the book
2: well that (laughs) just took
3: a different turn (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and I had texted my publisher and cause I had, I was going to cut, I was going to cut the mugging and then I the got, the mugging jumped. is where everything changes. And then I got jumped. I said,
4: oh, wait,
3: that's, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I said, <it's>, wow. <laughs> I texted Sean. I said, I said, I said the world just kind of like, yeah. So <laughs> that <laughs> like, is,
2: that is fucking trippy. Yeah. That yeah. is fucking uh-huh. wild.
3: Yeah. So it tripped me out. Um, so, so then I was like, it's, "That's it stays." Oh my f- <laughs> fuck! Um
2: yeah. That's a yeah. that's a that's like divine intervention in
3: like a weird, violent way, right <laughs> Very there. Very bad way, yeah. Like, don't take it out, Matt. Or <laughs> <laughs> I had already manifested it, so it was like, a, "I already, I already put the bad juju on myself, anyways." So wow. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. um, you know. Maybe it's an obvious question. Maybe it's not. But uh-huh. is is this just a standalone story? I mean, you, to did, me, you right did a little now, bit. Yeah. Okay. Would you ever consider, maybe not with the same characters, but maybe if the world you created, do something with it later? Has that idea um, popped up in your mind?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, the, the next thing that I was thinking about doing um, is uh, is – about sort of like it's going to be I, I think it's going to be about virtual reality and and sort of the um the sort of constant pull for people to live inside devices basically um and it will definitely fe- feature the same kind of cast as House on Fire in that sense i mean it'll be expanded a little bit it'll be a little bit different but you know, to me, um, you know, it, 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 the the way I'm trying to I'm trying to think about the projects that I want to do for myself is is um, you know investigating what are the things that I'm worried about, what are the things that I think about for the future, and you know, I I guess what keeps me up at night, and I I kind of I worry about the over technology taking over especially the next generation and you know um, so anyway so the next book I think is going to be a little bit about about that that's sort of a subject that I'm thinking about um, and again it, there's that pull between city and, and rural that is definitely going to be part of it because um, I just I, I, I think that that divide is just going to keep getting bigger. And so, so topically to me, it's like this, you know, do you live within technology or do you try to live, um, you know, like a real, real life? And, you know, you see all, you know, your intention is sucked into these, sort of more and more away from 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 reality and and so anyway so that's going to be the core conflict of the next book in my mind and and I, so it yeah. can be viewed in some ways as a sequel to house on fire but um whether there won't be a continuity if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, like I was I was asking myself as I was reading this because there were some similarities to your book Crimson. And for a mm-hmm. moment like, you know, earlier on I was going to ask like, is this is this basically in the same, you know, connected universe of Crimson? And I was like, no, it, the, Crimson was just it's entirely in tone. It's a completely yeah. different thing. This is very very much a different universe. It's not connected at the same time, but you know, it kind of kept things off. Um, you have kind of a, a writer's blurb at the end where, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's where you're basically saying, you know, I, when my daughter reads this one day, I want her to read this as, Oh wow, this act, you know, was this type of stuff actually happening mm-hmm. versus, Oh yeah, this is just how things are. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that that's a thing that I think a lot of creatives struggle with when they take direct inspiration, um, you know, for for their work. And I mean, for me, um, you know, it's it's hard for me to separate the fact that, you know, like for second print comics, um, you know, this this is a pandemic product at the end of the day and mm-hmm. while some people wish that you know because Mark and I will make jokes about you know the jab and everything else and yeah. you know sometimes we'll mock characters in certain books you know it's it's not it's, it's not just because we like doing it it's because you know we have to understand the reason which is you know we can never get too jaded we can never you know get too much stuff out there because at the end of the day this is the escape valve you know this is the pressure yeah. valve for a lot of things and you know while it's a show where we just react to dumb shit and fun shit um you know it's it's never it's never lost on us which is why you know when when books like this come out you know we're not worried about whether people say well that's too much of this that's too much of this it's like it's either authentic to the story and to the characters and to the writer's intention or it's not you can't have it yeah. both ways where it can be one thing or another it just is the way it is it's like wow we'll always respect you know Larson for being a good artist um mm-hmm. you know Chip Zarsky I have no I have no clue about his fucking politics uh you know Tom Taylor I think is uh is a lot of you know, mean things I could say, but despite the fact that he fucked up John Kent, he's still one uh-huh. of my favorite writers. I mean, I, I he could never take away like injustice and, you know, um, you know, deceased and stuff like that, you know, and, right. and Frank Miller and more and everything else. It's like you gotta respect, you know, what what the writer wanted to do was authentic to itself.
3: And, and does the story stand up against the test of is this good itself? Yeah. And I mean I think again, like like with that note is I, I just wanted to I don't know. I feel like I, I needed to have something from me, the artist in the, some sort of statement in the book. I I wanted some sort of note to kind of give it, I don't know, like, you know, a little bit more intent and, and, and not more intent, but like, I, I just, I wanted some sort of people to know that there is a human being behind it. And I think that you needed between my note. And I think with my publishers afterward, like you, one of the things that's important and especially the dawn of AI art is sort of reminding people that there is an importance to human agency behind creative work. And, uh, and, you know, I I think it's, I think it's, it's something that I wanted to, to, to reinforce, but the other thing too, is like, I, I don't think House and Fire is a capital P political book. It is a culturally political book, possibly, but I'm not telling you anything to think. I, I, I it's not prescriptive. It is simply th- this is a future, a possible future type of thing. It's just, it's, it's you know, low sci-fi, I guess. Um, and what I think what frustrates me is when I read something that feels prescriptive. Um, or 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 like you say preachy right where Mm -hmm. where it's telling i don't i want to be able to come to a different a conclusion as a reader when i read something and i want to try to get something out of it and learn something but i don't you know especially with a creative work i want i want to experience i don't want the writer to tell me how to experience it so yeah my my
2: favorite movie to say Out loud, so I bug people as a Blade Runner 2049. And I mean, Uh like I, I love that movie. I think a lot of people hate it just because it's like I liked twenty it out. I, I liked it too, and I mean, I, I came out of it, and I remember talking to a you know more left leaning friend compared to myself, and mm-hmm. I said, you know, it's so weird. I didn't know walking in, I was going to watch a pro life movie, and he looked at me, he's <laughs> like, what? And I'm like, what? You didn't come away with that? <laughs> and he was like, no. And I was like, well, that's fine. I mean, you know, Blade Runner is another film that I would, you know, to, to use you your words it's a culturally political film that's lowercase political. And I mean, you could take a lot of things in and out of it. And I mean, I think, um, you know, I think, I think movies like that, that's why, you know, I don't don't like a lot of the Marvel movies coming out because it's like, you know, phase one, Marvel will always be what I consider the best, but there are Uh, a lot of, you know, but there are a lot of films where it's like, you know, while I might like them, I'm not going to be watching, you know like i'm certainly not going to be watching um a lot of the stuff that's come out in the past 5 6 years 20 years from now but i could probably no. i could probably pop in blade runner 2049 and i will have another reason to appreciate that film and i think that's why right. um you know not not to drag things on too long you know i think that's why uh, manga is taking over more of the comic book market because mm-hmm. you know people people to a degree they they want to see a conclusion for stuff and you know with our incessant need to constantly see shit you know gender bended and rebooted and you know yeah. retconned and everything else it's like you know having having a good you know end to a story is not a bad
3: thing i think we need to it's a great thing yeah, it's an amazing thing yeah i don't like continuity for that reason because people just obsess over it so like just tell something get in get out and and be done with it and um that's why all of the all of the comics that people go back to all of the books all the movies are things that kind of can stand on their own it's what like you said what worked with the phase one of marvel is that when you went to go see iron man you didn't need to know anything going in you didn't need to You know, like the stinger was cute and all that, but it didn't really matter at all. All those early ones sort of like they did tie it together in some ways, but they were their own thing. Whereas now it's like, well, shit, now I got to watch 20 hours worth of stuff to even figure out what the heck's going on. And on top of that, they don't mean anything. I mean, they're popcorn, which there's nothing wrong with popcorn entertainment. But like a Blade Runner for 2049 is a good way to do like the sequel reboot or rehash or whatever. Because it still it had something to say, and it had some some real agency about it. Um, and you know that's what i I admire that is that like you can make something that's both entertaining, but but the person who's consuming it can at least get something. and and I, I you know, um, I'm, you know, i I've stopped reading a lot of comics because there's just nothing, there's not a lot in them. Um, but, but there's a ton of stuff in indie comics. That's really great. Like that you can, you know, you can walk away and be like, oh, I, I, you know, this is an experience that I enjoyed taking.
2: So is this going to be how you do things going forward? Do you plan on just, you know, uh, coloring and drawing your own books or would you like to kind of toss some of the work on to other people?
3: No, I think that, I mean, I have one book that I have to finish that someone else wrote. Um, and after I'm done with that. Um, I am everything that I do from then on is just going to be a hundred percent solo as much as I, I mean, you know, this is what I'm saying right now, but that's, I, I think that's what I'd like to do because it's, it, it's more fulfilling for me. Um, And, you know, it's the only way I can get things done. Like I can't, it, the book that I'm drawing that the other guy wrote, I, you know, I think he's a good, good enough writer and, and, you know, I, I'm, but I can't tell you anything about the story because I can't remember any of it. <laughs> like I can look at a page of script and I can do the, th- you know, I can thumbnail it, but I can't remember what happened before when it happens after. Like I have no, I don't have any story knowledge of it because I can't hold that information in my head. Whereas House of F- on Fire, like I can sit there with the thumbnails and I know, like. I can add pages and move pages around because I know the whole thing from beginning to end in my head. Like it's all, it's all up here and I know exactly what I want to do. Um, And so working with other people complicates that. And also like at, you know, at my work work at free the people, like I do video production. So I, I have to collaborate with other people and which is fun, but like when I want to do comics, I want to do it all by myself and not have to listen to a single other soul. (laughs) <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Well, Matt, you
2: know, um, you know, if people want to go ahead and pre-order their copy right now, how, yeah. how long? First, how long is the pre-order
3: going until? It, and where can people go ahead and grab it? Um, it's on sale, and like it'll be, it's going to the printers right now. Um, so it should be in comic shops on March 18th, and I think everywhere else on March 23rd or 25th. I'm not positive on that date. But you can buy it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can buy it at Target. Um, You can go to your local comic book shop. Um, You know, it's available through Diamond. So if they didn't order it, you can yell at them to order copies. Um, You can buy it directly from my publisher, Living the Line, at livingthelinebooks.com. So there's really, like, however you want to buy it, you can buy it. (laughs) So any other bookstores, if you got, like, a small bookshop, they should be able to get it in for you, Um, you know. Uh, it's 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 available. Yeah. Wherever you buy books. So
2: awesome. And folks, I'll go ahead and leave links in the show notes of this episode today. Matt Battaglia, author, creator, writer,
3: artist of House on Fire. Thank you so much for joining the program today. Thank you so much for having me on. And it's it's great. It's always great being out and talking with you. So. Appreciate it.
2: Likewise, folks, if you went ahead and enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and leave us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the show. And we'll be back later in the week. Remember, if there's one thing you can do, it's as simple as ever. It's read comics and change the world. Good night, America.